Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee and Code is your weekly rundown for the latest top tech news from around the world delivered every Wednesday. On my show, you'll find a mix of the latest tech news from around the world, including emerging tech, privacy, cybersecurity, and more, including interviews with experts, innovators, and everyday tech tips to level up your life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. On today's episode, we will be talking about NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens, and why you should care about them, the National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence publishing a comprehensive final report that calls for the Defense Department to become AI-ready by 2025, and the unveiling of Microsoft's new Mesh Mixed Reality Collaborative Platform. Lots to unpack in this episode, so sit back and get ready to download. If you haven't followed NFTs, here's why you should consider starting. NFTs, which stand for non-fungible tokens or scarce digital content represented as tokens, are driving a new wave of crypto adoption. Thanks to the Ethereum blockchain, artists, gaming companies, and content creators alike are utilizing token standards, which ascribe provenance to uniquely distinguishable assets. NFTs first made headlines in 2017 when Dapper Labs Games' CryptoKitties accounted for 95% of Ethereum network usage at its peak. While someone paying $170,000 for a digital cat seemed like an anomaly, what's happening today blows that headline out of the water. Platforms like Nifty Gateway, Super Rare, Foundation, and Zora are quickly emerging as the leading players for creatives to monetize work in a digital world. The estimated total value of crypto art has now passed $100 million, according to cryptoart.io forward slash data. Just one vertical of a growing ecosystem of NFTs. Just as we've seen an alternative asset class form around physical collectibles like Pokemon cards, NFTs are starting to showcase what the universe of rare Hallmark brands looks like online. NBA Top Shot has seen close to $10 million in 24-hour volume, according to CryptoSlam, with more than $100 million worth of movements being sold in less than one year of being live. The parent company behind NBA Top Shot, Dapper Labs, is said to be raising a $250 million round at a $2 billion valuation, as reported by The Block. Niche collectibles like CryptoPunks, or 10,000 unique collectible characters with scarce traits and qualities, 
now have a base floor of roughly $18,000 a piece. Just recently, Punk 4156 sold for 650 ETH, equivalent to roughly $1.3 million at today's prices. Whew, that is uh, one 650 Ethereum um, ETH to clarify what that means. Graphic designs and 3D designers are finding new platforms to showcase their work. With marketplaces like Nifty Gateway facilitating supreme style drops for exclusive digital art. Mad Dog Jones recently set a record for $3.9 million worth of art sold in one sale, topping the previous record held by Beeple for his $3.5 million Everyday's 2020 collection drop. No wonder top art galleries like Christie's are asking to team up. With Bitcoin and Ethereum reaching all-time high prices and investors looking for new places to allocate capital, the crypto art movement has given power back to the creatives. Vibrant collector communities like Flamingo Dao are forming around these drops, while protocols like Zora are quickly starting to support NFTs of all different verticals. Musicians like Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park and Fort Minor has released NFTs as a part of their strategy for his new single, Happy Endings, featuring pop star Ian Dior. EDM DJ and producer Threelau is tokenizing his debut album, Ultraviolet, and Grammy award-winning musician RAC broke the super rare record for the highest NFT primary sale with his piece, Elephant Dreams. Wow. NFTs have exposed a creative side of crypto that is not only fun to play, but digestible and accessible to new users. As bigger names host their first NFT drops, they bring a new wave of attention to their millions of followers noticing crypto for the first time. This leaves people in a unique position to curate and discover this growing wave of scarce digital content. Showtime is aggregating NFTs to offer an Instagram-like experience, and the forthcoming music-specific NFT marketplace catalog is creating a digital record store. As nifty gateway drops continue to sell out in seconds, thanks to credit card payments and free transactions, new collectors are finding ways to collect their favorite artists and brands, a trend that is likely to take better form over the coming years. While the sales figures showcase a clear demand for NFTs, it's not without hiccups. The vast majority of NFT platforms today require users to be familiar with Ethereum wallets like MetaMask. This means collectors need to purchase Ethereum from an exchange like Coinbase and send it to a non-custodial address that consists of a long string of numbers and letters to get started. Once they're there, they'll need to pay upwards of $100 worth of fees to make a transaction and place a bid. The same goes for artists creating NFTs, causing community funds like Mint Fund to pop up and cover the operational costs of launching their first NFT. Luckily, platforms like Audius are addressing these pain points head with head on. 
With 2 million monthly active users, the most of any Ethereum application today, Audius replaced MetaMask with an email and password login wallet called Hedgehog. By removing key management and transaction costs, users are able to access the wonderful world of crypto without significant startup costs. What's happening in the NFT ecosystem today is nothing short of a paradigm shift for a maturing sector of cryptocurrencies. As collectors frame their digital art using companies like Infinite Objects, there's no denying the vast majority of buyers are here to speculate. This increased demand signals interest, but is highly reminiscent of the 2017 ICO boom that caused the market to crash many years ago. However, out of that multi-year bear market came a strong wave of foundational companies and products like Uniswap and Compound that are here to stay. It's this writer's bet that the same will happen with NFTs. Until then, remember that digital content does have value, and crypto collectors are flocking to lay their namesake on the biggest collections of tomorrow. In an interesting new development in artificial intelligence, the National Security Commission on AI finds that the U.S. is unprepared for AI competition with China. The National Security Commission on Artificial Intelligence is out with its comprehensive final report recommending a path forward for ensuring U.S. superiority in AI that calls for the Defense Department and the intelligence community to become AI-ready by 2025. NSCAI on Monday during a public meeting voted to approve its final report, which will also be sent to Congress. The report culminates two years of work that began after the 2019 National Defense Authorization Act established the commission to review advances in AI, machine learning, and associated technologies. Quote, the bottom line is we don't feel this is the time for incremental toggles to federal research budgets or adding a few new positions in the Pentagon for Silicon Valley technologists. This is a quote by Commission Vice Chair Robert Work, former Deputy Secretary of Defense, and he said that during the meeting. Those just won't cut it. This will be an expensive feat and require significant change in mindset at the national and agency and cabinet levels. America needs White House leadership, cabinet member action, and bipartisan congressional support to win the AI competition and the broader technology competition, end quote. The report details recommendations, along with detailed blueprints for action, around 16 different topics under two main umbrellas, defense and the AI era and winning the technology competition. Commissioners also identified four main pillars of interest orienting the recommendations, leadership, talent, hardware, and innovation investment. Major initiatives proposed by the Commission include the creation of a Technology Competitiveness Council within the White House to be chaired by the Vice President, as well as a steering committee on emerging technology within the Defense Department to coordinate and advance implementation of technology.
Another proposal, which commissioners noted has received interest from Congress, calls for the creation of an accredited degree-granting Digital Services Academy to help build a pipeline of civil service tech talent. Funding has to increase too, according to the report. NC, NSCI AI, whew, mouthful. They want an annual non-defense federal research and development fund to reach $32 billion by 2026. Undergirding the entire project is a deep sense of urgency. Work warned the U.S. military's technical advantage could be lost within the next decade without an accelerated AI and emerging technologies adoption. Commissioner Safra Katz, chief executive officer of Oracle, called the report a, quote, wake-up call. The wake-up call is at least in part induced by one nation in particular, China. Commission chair and former Google chief executive Eric Schmidt said he believes China is catching the U.S. up on AI. Schmidt said the commission's research found China is making massive AI investments and that there is every reason to think that the competition with China will increase. Commissioners emphasize that their recommendations are meant to do more than simply match the size and scale of the Chinese investments, but rather to instill AI and emerging technologies with American values. The report devotes a chapter to upholding democratic values that calls for greater oversight and transparency around how the government uses AI. Commissioner Andrew Moore, director of Google Cloud AI, said he is concerned about the Chinese government's experiments with surveillance technologies, which he called Orwellian. He said he is pleased that American companies have approached technologies like facial recognition software with caution. The most prominent example of the approach, more described, is IBM, which announced in a letter to Congress last June it would no longer use facial recognition software or analysis. But the U.S. government is currently undergoing a facial recognition debate. Some lawmakers, including progressives like um, Senator Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey, support a moratorium on government use of facial recognition technologies. At the same time, the Homeland Security Department is pushing forward with plans to establish a biometric entry exit system that would require a collection of personal data from all all non-citizens passing through ports. And while the report focuses on privacy and civil liberties and its chapter on values, the U.S. currently has no national privacy legislation. States are beginning to pass their own privacy laws following enactment of the California Consumer Privacy Act. The lawmakers at the national level continue to argue over two key privacy issues, private rights of action and preemption. The commission itself faced a lawsuit over transparency, even as it was building a report calling for greater transparency around the government use of AI. The Electronic Privacy Information Center sued 
NSCAI to enforce its transparency obligations, and a judge ordered the commission to provide notice of meetings, open those meetings to the public, and make records available to the public. The heavy presence of powerful corporations on the commission requires questions about whose values the report represents as well. Oracle, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon Web Services are all represented on a commission that only has 15 members. When asked about perceptions of bias due to the presence of major corporations and government contractors on the commission, Commissioner Eric Horvitz, Microsoft's chief scientific officer, said NSCAI conducted outreach and involved civil society organizations as well as academics in its work. Horvitz noted during voting he abstained from development of recommendations related to improving government relations with the private sector in order to prevent a conflict of interest or the appearance of one. Commissioner Steve Chain from the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, also emphasized the need for a full-scope AI ecosystem. Quote, we need academia, we need industry, we need traditional defense contractors, we need the technology companies, and we also need small businesses, Chain said. We feel that they all play a very important role in this tremendous change that is happening in the national security area, as well as the economic security area. Wow, that's a lot to take in, um, but this is incredibly important and I specifically wanted to talk about it on today's episode because artificial intelligence is, is the it's here, it's the future, it's not going anywhere. If you want to become a bit more informed and educated about artificial intelligence, no matter what industry that you're in, I highly recommend checking out the University of Helsinki's Elements of AI course. It is a free self-paced course that teaches you the foundations of artificial intelligence without having to understand and know programming. So um, my previous students that um, I used to to manage, um, I would assign this to them as a development exercise because I feel like no matter what major you are, are emphasizing on, you're probably going to be um, working in AI in some capacity. So this is a very timely topic now that we are rapidly shifting due to COVID and the way that we communicate and the way that we use technology, um, it is incredibly important for emerging technologies such as um, AI to be adopted um, on a national level. So I'm very interested to see what will come out of this. I will keep a close eye on it and report back with any developments. If you want to check out this report, you can actually visit um, nextgov.com forward slash emerging dash tech and um, take a look at that full length article and report. Very interesting information here. And again, if you want to check out the self-paced artificial intelligence course, that's completely free. It's the University of Helsinki's Elements of AI course. Um, start with the first one. They do have a follow-up course, um, which is really exciting. Um, I think it's about six weeks, but if you go through that or if you have already gone through it and you're familiar with that, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how your experience was and what your takeaways were. 
Microsoft Mesh could be the virtual future of Microsoft Teams meetings. Mesh is a collaborative platform that allows anyone to have shared virtual experiences on a variety of devices. Quote, this has been the dream for mixed reality, the idea from the very beginning, end quote. This is from Microsoft's Alex Kipman, the inventor of Connect and HoloLens. He says that you can actually feel like you're in the same place with someone sharing content, or you can teleport from different mixed reality devices and be present with people even when you're not physically together. Initially, Mesh will present people as virtual avatars taken from the Altspace VR social network that Microsoft actually acquired back in 2017. Mesh will eventually support what Microsoft calls holoportation, allowing people to appear as themselves in a virtual space. During an interview with Alex Kipman, he appeared to be next to the gentleman that was testing this experience and was handing him virtual jellyfish and sharks. The person in this experience testing could reshape the animals, pass them back, or just place them down. Although they weren't working on a grand design or a 3D model, the interaction looked far more immersive than the standard Zoom video calls everyone has to attend on a near daily basis. You can completely imagine a mesh-enabled Microsoft Teams where the key thing there is thinking about collaboration and working on projects as you were in the same physical location. Mesh is aimed to enable teams to allow organizations to essentially do mixed reality gatherings with everyone in the same room. And so this is really kind of changing the environment, which is really interesting. Mesh isn't just an app for holding virtual meetings, though. It's an entire platform built on top of Azure that Microsoft hopes developers will tap into. Microsoft is hoping architects, engineers, and designers will all see the promise of Mesh, particularly during a pandemic when it's difficult to work with 3D physical models without all being in the same room. Microsoft is also making Mesh available on a variety of devices, including the HoloLens 2, most virtual reality headsets, quote, tablets, smartphones, and PCs. A preview of the Microsoft Mesh app for HoloLens 2 will be available starting March 2nd, alongside a preview version of Altspace VR that is Mesh-enabled. Microsoft is planning to integrate Mesh into Teams and Dynamics 365 in the future, which might help bring the unique meeting experience that everyone has into a reality for more people. Microsoft certainly thinks Mesh will be the next big thing for mixed reality. 
CEO Satya Nadella compared the new platform to Xbox Live during his keynote speech at Ignite. He said, think about what Xbox Live did for gaming. We went from single player to multiplayer, creating communities that helped people connect and achieve together. Now just imagine if the same thing happened with mixed reality. The big thing holding Microsoft Mesh back is the cost of HoloLens devices and VR headsets. While you can jump from a 2D screen like a phone or a PC, it's nowhere near as immersive as using a headset. Microsoft has tried to bridge this gap in the past with ambitious projects like Minecraft Earth, offering AR experiences on mobile phones. That particular project didn't work out, and it's not clear whether Microsoft Mesh will strike a chord with users either. Microsoft Mesh will really need some strong developer support or offer experiences you just can't get anywhere else in VR to pick up momentum. Microsoft has pulled out the big guns and recruited filmmaker James Cameron, Pokemon Go developer Niantic, and the co-founder of Cirque du Soleil demonstrate the promise of Mesh during its keynote, Ignite keynote today. A proof of concept of Pokemon Go running on the HoloLens 2 and virtual concerts certainly show what's now possible with Microsoft Mesh. The reality will now depend on the popularity of headsets or Microsoft, Microsoft's ability to market this new technology toward businesses looking to embrace hybrid ways of working as the world navigates its way out of a pandemic. It's time for your weekly tech tip. Today's tech tip is going to help you when you're in a pinch, you can't find a ruler or you can't find a level. Good news, iPhone users, you actually have this feature built into your phone. So to get to this feature, you're going to open up your device, make sure that you are running the latest version of iOS. I believe this was implemented in iOS 13. We are now at iOS 14.4 um, with a new update on the horizon with some fun emojis. Um, <laughs> but if you go to the measure app, open that up. This is actually built into your, your software here. And if you look at the very bottom, there are two options for measure or level. So if you're needing to measure that casserole dish because you're not sure if it will work for your green bean casserole, this is a great feature. Or if you're trying to hang a picture in your house or trying to build something, this is a nice built-in level. I sometimes forget that I have the level myself and um, handy feature when you lay your phone down and it is indeed level, it will light up green. So nice little feedback there, but that's the tech tip for this week. Let me know if you like it. Let me know if you've used it. Let me know if it has saved you when you've been in a pinch. I'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed today's episode of Coffee and Code, head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave a rate and review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live every Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Coffee and Code, and I'll see you next week.